0: amen and amen. God bless you. Come on with our Bibles in our hands. Now I got me a big Bible I can grab in my hand. I can do this with us. Let's uh, let's repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. Not every now and then, but continually. Amen. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. And we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Christ's love compassionately. Father God, Father God feed, me feed me this word. If you believe you're going to be fed, go ahead and praise the Lord and make some noise. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We used to say Pastor Andre, but we've switched to saying Father God because if God doesn't speak, you won't be spoken to. Amen. All right, so today's message is going to have the title of the Valley of Blessing. The Valley of Blessing. The Valley of Blessing. Many times when we're talking about valley, we're talking about the valley of the shadow of death or a valley that's full of pain or a valley that is the low place but Today, we're going to discuss the valley of blessing. If you got to end up in any valley, you might as well be in the valley of blessing. If I got to choose a valley to be in, put me in the valley of blessing. Somebody say that with me. Say, put me in the valley of blessing. There's a subtitle to this uh, message, and I'm going to have them flash that up on the screen, and it's simply this, God's doing it. God's doing it. So, the the last song that we, we played for our praise, it was a song that says, God, turn it around, and in, in the, what you would call the vamp, uh, after the chorus, it begins to say, God is up to something. God is doing something. All throughout the night, I just kept hearing, God's doing something. God's doing something. God's doing something. And so when I got up this morning, because I hadn't quite finalized my sermon. So when I got up early this morning, that phrase just stuck with me. God's doing it. Which takes it out of the hands of you and puts it in the hands of God. God's doing it. I need to move on, but I just feel like staying there for a moment. God's doing it. If if I told you Biden was doing it, it might give you a little excitement, but Biden might let you down. And if you still like Trump, if I told you Trump is doing it, it might give you a little excitement, but Trump might let you down. Just ask the FBI. Trump might let you down. But it's it's not in the government that I'm talking about. I'm saying God's doing it. I, I'm not saying Andre's doing it or elect Lady or Lady Devin with their both good-looking sales. but I'm saying God's doing it. I, I, I've got time to throw this in story that I've, I've told several times, but I just need to say it again. I, I'm reminded of a time when I was working on my job in Allison, and I was working on a part that you put inside the machine, and you put the part of the machine, and, the mach- and it snaps down in the machine, and if it did not snap in easily, you would take the rubber hammer and you would just knock it down and then it would sit itself and then you would go ahead and cycle the machine. It was about seven machines like this. So you had to get that first one going because you had to go ahead and make that circle. So on the very first machine, I'm putting my part in there and it just would not snap into place. Sister Trish. It just wouldn't snap. So I grabbed a little mallet hammer and hit it and it wouldn't snap and I hit it harder. It wouldn't snap. And I'm now I'm getting frustrated because I, I, I got to get this going for all the rest of them go because it was one of them t- things where they, they monitor your time. You know, they was working me like a Hebrew slave, you know. So I, I'm trying to get this thing going and I'm just beating it, beating it, beating and it would not do anything and I got so frustrated. I threw the hammer down and I stepped away and the moment I took my hands off of it, it fell into place and God spoke to me in that moment. He said, many of my people are the same way. I can't bless them because they still got their hands on it. But when they get their hands off of it, I can do what I need to do. So I'm telling you, God's going to do it. There's some stuff that needs your energy. There's some stuff that needs your effort. There's some stuff that needs your your prayer and your ability. But this next season, God's doing it. Now, today is the 28th uh, day of August. And being that, it is 8... 28. And since it's 828, I, I just need to go ahead and bring this verse up because it's a very familiar verse. But let me bring up Romans 828, and it says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So let me paraphrase it and say God is working behind the scenes. God is doing it. God God is working. Go ahead and take your hands off it because God is working. God is doing it. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. But like I told Urban Light, keep doing what you're doing because God is working. God is on the scene. God God's already stepped in. And this is God. This is the Lord's doing. So having said that, let let, let me go ahead and and take us into a lengthy passage uh, of 2nd Chronicles 20. We're going to read from the New Living Translation, but it's one of my favorite passages. And I know every time I preach, I tell you this is my favorite passage, but they're all my favorites because I really, really enjoy it. But this is one of my favorites. And so we're going to go ahead and go through it and see how God is doing it and how him doing it. It us to land in the valley of blessing. So 2nd Chronicles 20 from the uh, New Living Translation. And, and, and let me say this before you actually uh, bring it up on the screen. I was I was mentioning about this Bible. So I've had this Bible a couple of weeks and it's just been sitting on my desk. I hadn't quite opened it yet. I was just looking at it and admiring it, but I hadn't quite opened it yet and so uh it it had the this little the purple marker ribbon was in there and when i found out where the purple marker ribbon was it was in second chronicles Uh, It was in the book of 2 Chronicles. this very same book that I'm going to today. God doesn't do anything by coincidence, by happenstance, because he knows what he's doing. So it's good to let him do what he's doing. So this just reminded me that I'm on the right track. And what we're going to hear on today is the message of the Lord for you. Remember, I told you I have a prophetic voice. Amen over your life. All right. So 2 Chronicles 20, starting with that first verse, would you go ahead and read Mother Mitchell?
1: After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Minuites declared war on Jehoshaphat. They declared
0: war on Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the king at that time, and so we're dealing with two major armies and some other people. So you can basically say three armies versus, versus one. They declared war on Jehoshaphat and on, uh, is, uh, on Judah and Jerusalem. Let's go to the next verse
1: messengers came and told Jehoshaphat a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea they are already at Hazan Tamar this was another name for Ingedi so they are already advancing they are already
0: moving it, it's one thing to be sucker punched. that's that's hard to deal with it's another thing when the enemy is on the way and it's getting closer all the time, and so Jehoshaphat hears the news that they're coming, but it's not like they just left. They're they're closer than what it looks. It, it, it would be like somebody telling you someone's on their way to kill you, and they already in Anderson. Right. Now, if they was in California, I have a little time, but a- Anderson's a little closer. Yeah. That, that 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 scares me a little bit because that that that's a hot skip, and a jump. And depending on how fast you drive, yeah. it could be thirty minutes, could be twenty minutes. And it depends on what back roads you're going. It could be a lot less than that. So they had already gotten pretty close. So it's just like you find out the devil is on your doorstep. And let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 3.
1: Jehoshaphat was terrified. He was by what? This, he terrified. Was, okay. By this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting.
0: He he was terrified. He begged for guidance. And he's like, look, we need to start fasting and praying. I I want you to put up the definition of terrified just so that we can bring it home. Terrified means cause to feel extreme fear. There's some news that you can get that causes you not to just be afraid but have extreme fear. Let's, 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 let's get in a a little deeper. Let's go through some synonyms of terrified. Terrified synonyms. Here's some things that we, we probably have all dealt with. Horrified. Panic stricken. Scared witless. Frightened. Scared to death. Frantic. Hysterical. Beside oneself. And this is the one I really like to, to hone in on. Paralyzed with fear. There's some stuff that can hit you that you can hear about that leaves you so weak, so broken that it actually brings you to paralysis. It it brings you to this statement. and This is not grammatically correct, but what is we going to do? I mean, I'm in a pickle. I'm in a show sure enough pickle. This this is not one of those easy things. There's some stuff I've got in that I can figure my way out, but there's some stuff that just scares me, that's terrified. If they find this out, if this happens, I, I'm worried, I'm concerned, I'm terrified. And I know you faith-filled people, but every now and then faith-filled people get scared. There's some stuff in this life that will scare you. Let me, let me be honest. When I saw some pictures of monkeypox, it scared me. That's some ugly looking stuff. I'm like, the devil is like, I don't want none of that. Oh, I don't want none of that nowhere near me. That's some scary stuff. There's some stuff out in the world that's some scary stuff. And it's one thing for it to be in the world. Another thing when it's at your doorstep. So Jehoshaphat, was scared let's let's look at verse four
1: so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the lord's help let me
0: bring up my very first point i I love this here's the first point let's let's bring this up it's always time to seek the Lord but especially when you don't know what to do yeah. what what Pastor, when shall I seek the Lord? You should be seeking the Lord all the time. But especially when you're scared, you're frightened, you're panic-stricken, you're horrified, you're terrified, and you just don't know what to do. I heard Bishop Jay say it this way. What do you do when you don't know what to do? We've all been in situations where we've been uh, met with things where we just don't know what to do. There's not an easy answer. There's not an easy solution. There's nothing coming down the pipe that this is going to be a quick fix. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You seek the Lord. And I like what it says. It says all the people of Judah, because even though the attack was coming to Jehoshaphat, it was going to affect all of Judah. They all gathered together. Let's go back to verse four. Let me let me read it again so we can put it in its context. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Why them folk always coming to church? Because we need help. I'm coming to church because I need help. Now, look, you can club if you want to. You can do what you want. I'm not going to judge you, but maybe you don't need the help that I need. I need some help. So I come where I can get some help. I've never called Sister Teresa and Sister Ruth. I've never called 911 just to chit-chat. I call 911 when I need some help. Sometimes you're in a situation where you need some help, but it's always time to seek the Lord, but especially when you don't know what to do. If this new decade has taught us anything, we don't know what's going to happen in the world. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what's on the way. We don't know who's going to shoot who. We don't know who's going to go to war who. We don't know if we're on the brink of World War III. We don't know nothing. All we know is time to seek the Lord. Let's us continue to read. Let's read verses 5 and 6.
1: Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem In front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord.
0: I know I said we're going to read five and six, but let me me just throw in a little nugget that I've seen. It says that he stood in front of them in front of the new uh, courtyard or for the front of the new courtyard at the temple. Whenever God is doing something new in your life, rest assured, that's when the devil's coming. You get a new car and everybody congratulating you over your new car. The devil's coming. He want. He gonna have the the craziest pothole gonna show up right down the street just cause you got something new. Cause the devil is petty, he dirty, he nasty, and he don't fight fair. So when something new is happening, the other day I was driving and I hit the biggest pothole on sixty nine. I I'm not talking about the street. I'm on the highway. How we got potholes that big on the highway, but the devil is just so shady. And so you have to understand just because God is doing something new doesn't mean the devil won't be up to his old tricks. And I can't stand the devil, but I got to give him credit. Some of his tricks is good because some of his tricks will leave you terrified. Let's continue to read. Let's look at verse six. My God.
1: He prayed, Oh Lord, God of our ancestors, You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. I like Jehoshaphat because he stood up. First
0: of all, he was scared. The Bible says he was terrified. But even though he was terrified, he stood up in front of the people. See, a leader will do things scared. A true leader will do things scared. A true mama will do things scared. I remember some years ago, I got myself into a pickle down at Elgin Manor. Me and another fella, uh, we were running our mouths, and somebody didn't like what we were saying. We were on our bikes, and he grabbed a few of his friends, and next thing I know is four, five, six of them chasing us. Now, we were on bicycles. They were chasing us. And they had caught up pretty quick. I got a little nervous. Got a little scared. I had just made it to my uh the front porch of my lawn and here come my mama out with a big stick. She steps on the porch. She said, I don't know what's going on, but y'all better get away from my house. Them kids took off running. I was so glad to see my mama and her stick. I was happy to see it. Now, The reason why I bring this up, she didn't know what was going on. And she may have been scared, but she had a goal to protect what was hers. And when you have the gumption to protect what's yours, you may have to go scared. You may have to go nervous. But you stand in front of the enemy and you say, if we got a battle, we got a battle. But there's certain things that belong to me. I say that because that's a real story. But spiritually, there's a lot of you mothers that got to do battles in the heavenlies for your children. I don't know what my children is in. I don't know what they're doing. But I bring a big stick in front of the devil and say, if you're going to fight, you got to go through me first because I'm a leader. And even though I'm scared, I will stand up. So Jehoshaphat stood up in front of the people. But here's the thing that Jehoshaphat did. He started talking about how good God was. He didn't talk about how afraid he was. He began to talk about how good God was. And I got to tell you the truth. There's times I preach in front of you and I'm scared, but I'm going to tell you about the goodness of the Lord. I may be in a bad situation, but I'll stand up and say, all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. I'm going to talk about the goodness of the Lord. Because I've learned that if anybody's going to do it, God's got to do it. So I'm not going to talk about the devil. I'm not going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about God. Let me tell you, online people, you've got to start talking about God. Let me borrow a very important phrase that people say. Instead of telling God how big your problem is, tell God, tell your problem how big your God is. All right, let's 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 continue to read. Let's look, look. We're dropping down to verse 10, 11, and 12. Let's read all three of those verses.
1: And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them And did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. Mm -hmm. For they have come to throw us out of your land. Which you gave us as an inheritance.
0: Oh our God.
1: Won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army. That is about to attack us. We do not know what to do. But we are looking to you for
0: help oh i love the honesty of Jehoshaphat we are powerless but we're looking to you god for help i can't do it but god you can i can't break this addiction i'm powerless but god you can i can't make this business get off the ground but god you can i can't save my children But God, you can. I can't pastor this church. But God, you can. Oh, holla! I can't lose this weight. But God, well, maybe maybe you're gonna have to do some of that yourself. Maybe. But God, you can do it. It's up to you. I'm powerless. So he began to tell about God, but then he began to point out about what's going on with, with these enemies. He reminded God that. Our ancestors, in other words, when, when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt and they were going into the wilderness on their way to the promised land, there were some people that uh, were not fair to them. There, there were some people that did them wrong, but there were some also some people that they did right. They They did not harm these people, but instead of that, they reward them by coming and attacking them. Alright, let's, let's go to point two. I'm gonna put this up. Sometimes the answer comes from the pew to the pulpit instead of from the pulpit to the pew. One of the great things about building a body ministry that is not top down is the answer won't always come from the top. The answer will come from the pew. So, When we get in situations where we are powerless, I'm not always expecting that I would be the one that has the answer. But if we would come together and grow together, the answer may be found in you. One thing, one of the scriptures says that out of the mouth of babes you have adorned praise. It, the answer may come from one of the little kids. There is nobody insignificant in this church. If you're online, if you're here, there's nobody insignificant. You may say, well, I'm just visiting where you are important. Just because you showed up, you are important. And so we're going, I'm going to show you what happens in this process, but the fact that the people were together and the people were one, when you walk in the doors, there is a mural and on there, there is a verse. And the verse is the verse from John 17, 21. It was my father's favorite verse for the ministry. It said, Lord, make us one. And the reason why we sometimes go through hell is so that God can make us one. But the reason why he wants to make us one so there's no big eyes and little U's, but when we come together, God can choose any one of us to bring the answer to. The answer might come from Alan, and the answer might come from Benny. It might come from Reva. It might come from Nietzsche. It might come from somebody online. I don't care who it comes from as long as we get the answer. I don't care if the answer comes from me, but being the leader, I'm not afraid if the answer comes from y'all. And to be honest, sometimes I don't, my mind is far spent. I don't want to make another decision. I don't care what's going on. My head is drained. I want somebody else to come up with an idea, something, because I want a body ministry. My kids will tell you when I get done preaching, they would be like, where you want to go to eat? I say, y'all pick. I don't want to pick nothing. I don't want to make a decision. I'm tired. I'm drained. And here's the thing. If you're always waiting on me to do everything, we're going to be in a mess because I am human. But guess what? Me and you, one can chase a thousand. But two can chase 10,000. And so if we all get together, guess what? The devil will not have a chance. So let's read this story and you'll see what happens. Let's go to verse 13.
1: As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. Let me
0: jump on the men for, for a second. One of the sad things in today's church is the men won't come to church. But here are all the men with the wives and the children. The daddy somewhere at home watching football. Football ain't going to save you. It's nothing wrong with football, but football not going to deliver you. Bring your hind into church and be a leader. I'm, I'm really talking about family men because that, that's the context of this verse. But, but any man is important, but any woman and child. So, so all the men, all the women, all the children, they were all together. They were on one accord. Now they had news that they was about to be attacked, but instead of everybody going to their own way, they started banding together. All right, let's, let's, let's look at verse 14.
1: The spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph.
0: I don't know how it would have looked. All I know is that Jehoshaphat was the king and he was talking to the people. Maybe it would have looked like something like this where he was elevated and the people were lower. I don't know, but the scripture says that the spirit of the Lord fell on someone that was standing there. In other words, the spirit of God didn't fall on Jehoshaphat the king. It fell on one of the men that was out there. It, 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 it didn't come from the pulpit to the pew. This time it came from the pew
1: to the pulpit. All right, let's, let's look at verse 15. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. Hold on, let me, let me pause you right there. He told the
0: king to listen. So if God gives you a word, I am supposed to listen. Yeah. No, I'm the pastor. I read through the Bible every year. Don't nobody care about that right now. You need to listen because you don't know what to do. Yeah. So he said, listen, everybody. And leader, I need you to listen to. Yeah. Let's, let, let's go and read it in its entirety. Verse 15
1: in its entirety. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. But
0: God. All those years you've been singing Yolanda's song that the battle is the Lord's, you may not have known that it didn't come from the king's lips, it came from a man out there that said, I got a word from the Lord. The Spirit of God fell on me. And he said, Don't be afraid of this mighty army, because the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Let, let, let's put up this point number three. He basically told them this time God's doing it. You you ain't got to fight, you ain't got to worry. This one is on God. God about to do this battle belongs to the Lord. I need to tell you, I don't know what you're facing. I told you a few weeks ago, it's over. And the reason why it's over, because the battle belongs to the Lord. I, I wish it would be inappropriate, but I wish I could call out, a certain person's name because of the things that have happened to them just this year and and name ended up in the paper. But I'm here to let them know this battle belongs to the Lord. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about it. God is on the case. It, 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 it looks messy and it looks ugly but sometimes God waits till it looks ugly so you know when he does it you know he did it. I talked about this in Bible study, but let me say it again. I'm reminded of Martha who was looking at Jesus and said, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But what you need to understand, if he if if he was there and his brother wouldn't have died, the multitudes never would have came. The reason why the multitudes came is because they were showing up for Lazarus' funeral. But that's when God showed up because he wanted to show everybody, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Lazarus, come forth. Now, could he stop him from dying? Yes, he could. But he made it more marketable when he waited a little later. The messier it got, the uglier it got, the worse it got, the more God can show you how bad he is. We all like immediately and suddenly and straight ways, but you need some junk that you got to be stuck in for a little while. You need some grief that just won't leave you alone, yeah yeah they died twelve years ago, but you're still crying and still hurting. you need some stuff that you know that you cried out to God, I don't know what to do i I don't know how to fix this and that's just when God shows you I'm about to do it and I'm about to do it in my way. God is up to something God God is doing something. I, I, now, sometimes they feel like, God, you play too much. You, you you taking way too long. But I promise you, when he does it, he does it right. There's a difference. There's a difference between a hot pocket in a microwave and Thanksgiving dinner. There's a total difference between them two things. Hot pocket in a microwave, it don't taste that good. If you hungry, you eat it. But it really ain't that good. Well, man, I tell you, Thanksgiving dinner, boy, I tell you, that's some good stuff. But it don't take two, three minutes. It takes a while to prepare a feast. And God is preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And so that means, number one, you got to have some enemies. And number two, he's got to take some time to prepare. So let him do what he's going to do. But when he does it, the whole world will know God did it. God did it. God, God did it. Alright, let's, 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 let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 16.
1: Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jerusalem. When we first started off,
0: It says that Jehoshaphat was afraid because the people had got close to him. The armies had got close to him. Two armies with a group of some more people. So let's just say three armies had got quite close to him. But now the scripture says go and you start marching to them. No, no, don't don't wait till he comes to you. You start going to him. Now, 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 we always talk about how the enemy has came and stole stuff from us, and he comes on our territory, which is true. But this time, we're not waiting for him to get to our territory. We're going to him. Yeah. And we're going marching. Yeah. We're going in cadence. One thing about the army, we, when you march out of cadence, you get in trouble. Yeah. You 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 can't be Sesame Street and do your own thing. You got to march together. But when you march together, sound off and march together. I don't know cause I've never enlisted and never planned on enlisting. So just, just let me, let me imagine I'm marching. Ten hut. I'm ready. I'm ready. Why? Cause the person in front of me is marching and the person behind me is marching and the person beside me is marching. We are in this thing together. Deliverance temple, march together. Believe together, praise together, love together, because we're marching. Well Chris, well, Chris will get on my nerves. Well, we ain't got time for that. Y'all, y'all deal with that later. We got time to march. Guess what? When you are in a battle and you're a foxhole, you're not worried about the little stuff. You're trying to make it out alive. Sister Rankin too loud in church. I just, I ain't, I can't sit by her. We ain't got time to worry about that simple, foolish stuff. It's time to march. I'm so sick of Pastor Andre and his selfies on Facebook. You ain't got time to worry about that. We marching. It's okay to have an opinion, but don't let your opinion cause you to step out of line. All right. Let's, let's look at verse 17.
1: But you will not even need to fight. What? What?
0: (laughs) Let me read that again. Read that again.
1: But you will not even need to fight. This is confusing because I thought this was a battle.
0: We're marching, but we're not even going to need to fight. Read read that again. Maybe I'm, I'm missing
1: something. Read it again. But you will not even need to fight. Do what? Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. I'm
0: gonna stop you right there. We'll, we'll go back and read the rest of it just a little later, but, but what only thing I really need you to do is get in position and stand still. You're gonna march, but after you march, you gotta just get yourself in position and stand still. And then it said, I need you to see what God is doing. Cause remember, God's doing it. This this time, this time, you're not going to have to exert your own energy. I just need you to get in position. Praisers, get in position. Prayer warriors, get in position. Bible readers, get in position. Ushers, get in position. Whatever you do, get in position so you can see what the Lord going to do. Well, 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 Pastor, I don't have a position. I just give. Well, baby, you a giver. Get to giving. Get in position. Everybody is important. Get in position. All right. Let's 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 put up number four. Point number four. Not every. Oh, actually, I I wanted to go back. You guys are right. Let's go back to the verse and finish the verse, and then we'll go to point number four. So let's finish verse seventeen.
1: He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. For the Lord is with you. Woo! My God.
0: Hallelujah. I'm not in this, brother Rob, by myself. God is with me. If I had to do it by myself, it'd be troublesome. But the Lord is with me. The Lord is me. On my side. The the Lord is with me. So it's it's all good. It's all good in the hood. It's all good. Because the Lord is with me. My God. So it says, do not be afraid. Now remember at the beginning he was terrified. But now the word says, don't even be afraid. Don't, don't even be, don't even sweat this. Don't, don't, don't even think another night about it. Some of y'all have been bothered with insomnia and nightmares and night sweats. I'm here to pronounce to you that junk is coming to an end. You, you about to sleep like a baby. You about to have a deep sleep from the Lord. You ever had one of them sleeps where you woke up and you 35 and you thought you missed the bus and you thought you was going to school. You done slept so good. You forgot how old you were. I want you to have some good rest cause the Lord is about to do this you've been worried about it you've been stressed out about it you've been crying about it you've been afraid about it you've been terrified about it you didn't smoked weed over it you done drank over it you done tried to hide it with sex and none of that has helped you and what I'm telling you do it's time to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord let him do it. Cause when he do it, he know what he doing. Alright, let's go to point number four. Oh boy, I gotta, I gotta get this moving. Point number four, not every battle was meant to be fought by us. Some battles were meant to be fought for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are some battles that you will have to fight. There's some stuff you will have to do. But I'm trying to tell you this next season, this next battle, whatever you currently are in that's causing you to lose sleep, it's not going to be fought by you. It's going to be fought for you. And it's your job to just get in position so you can see. The other day I was at work and we were in a meeting. And it was an important meeting. With There's a big, big screen like this up and a person sat in front of me that was rather tall and he was blocking my view. So I had to shift. And so it just so happened when I shift this way, his head go that way. <laughs> I shift this way, his head go that way. And I'm like, this brother is in my way. But I positioned myself in such a way that no matter which way he moved, I could still see. I'm here to let you know, yes, the devil's been trying to block your view, but position yourself in a way where you can see what God's about to do in your life. Let's read verses 18 and 19.
1: Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. All right. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Now, even though not all the answers come from the pulpit
0: to the pew, it's very important what the leader does. And so the leader, said, it says that he was afraid and terrified at first, but now he bowed himself and began to worship. And everybody got to worshiping with him. And then some folks stood up and got to praising and shouting. Let's put up point number five. They were crazy enough to worship, and I'll add this, and praise on the strength of God's word alone. Let me, let me remind y'all, y'all do this every single Sunday. Because when I'm up here preaching, I'm just saying words. You don't see the answer yet. I'm just telling you words. But y'all get happy off the word. You get excited from the word because we're worshiping based on God's word. I don't have the answer yet. The situation hasn't changed yet, but I got a word from the Lord and I realized one word from the Lord can change my life. And so I worship because of the word. I praise because of the word. I shout because of the word. If the word says I'm healed, I'm healed. I shout and say I'm healed. I may still be sick, but I'm worshiping because the word said it. And if God said it, he's big and bad enough to do whatever he said. They got to the worship All right, let, let's look at verse 20. And then as they begin to worship, another word came. Let's, let's read this word.
1: Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed.
0: I happen to have this King James Bible up here, so let me read it from the King James because it sounds... Even more familiar. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they sent forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Now, at first, the word of God fell on the person out there. But now, Jehoshaphat, he got his mojo back. And the anointing of God is coming to him, and he said, I need you to believe the Lord, but also need you to believe me as your prophet. And I'm speaking something over your life, and if you would believe it, if you would hold on to it, it's going to prosper you. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but let me tell you, I'm the prophet for this house, and what I'm trying to tell you, it's over. God is doing it keep doing what you're doing because God is saying he's about to shift things in your life and you're going to see that God is on your side your family going to see God is on your side your bank account going to see God is on your side your body going to see God is on your side your mind is going to see God is on your side your marriage is going to see God is on your side all I need you to do is believe 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 don't don't just come to church and take these words and walk out out the door and forget I need you to believe yeah. I've been through too much personal hell for you to come and be a part of this ministry and not believe and just like, oh, they, Andre, go just being Andre, no brother, brother and no sister. This ain't Andre. This is the word of the Lord. And I'm trying to announce to you that God is doing something. I know it's been hard. I know you've been struggling, but I'm trying to get you to believe in God and believe the word of the Lord. And once you can believe God and his word, you will see the turnarounds that are promised. Let's Let's look
1: at verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So much beautiful
0: stuff in this verse, but, but let, me, let me just pause and show you just something. It says that Je- Jehoshaphat stood up and told him, look, believe God. And believe me. And the next verse says, after consulting the people. See, a good leader, even when he's used by the Lord, he still has the wisdom to consult with the people. Let let, let me just point out our board and staff. That's why we have these meetings. I can make some of these decisions on my own, but a wise person, because the scripture says in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. A wise person will open up his leadership and say, let me consult with the people. I, I know I have the prophetic voice, but I can't do what I do without you. So let me talk to y'all. Let's talk some things out. And when they talked some things out, they decided, we're going to put the praises first. Uh And when the praises went first, they began to say, the Lord's mercy endure forever. They didn't even talk about the enemy. They just started talking about God's goodness and God's mercy. And all my day's goodness and mercy shall follow me. Even when I was messing up, goodness and mercy was following me. Goodness and mercy is behind me. If it looks like I'm talking to myself, it's just goodness and mercy talking to me. I want to praise the Lord for his goodness. I want to praise the Lord for his mercy. I want to praise the Lord for his faithfulness. I want to praise the Lord for how he brought me out and will do it again. I want to praise the Lord how he kept my mind and will do it again. I want to praise the Lord for how he delivered me yesterday and how he will do it again. It's something when you put the praises first. Yeah. The praises went first, and so put point number six up. Don't forget, worship and praise confuses the enemy. Yeah. Marvin Sapp had a song that said, Praise will confuse the enemy. Now, I, Look, let me be honest, not, not only does praise confuse the enemy, but praise is, confuses sometimes just regular old Andre. Cause I, 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 I know some of the stuff y'all go through. I don't know all of it, but I know some of the stuff y'all go through. And sometimes I think if anybody has a reason not to praise on this day, I would understand. And I have watched some of y'all come in here and praise anyhow. And even though I'm pastor and leader, as Andre, it sometimes shocks me at how folk can look at the devil and praise anyhow. I'm reminded of Sister Manita. The Sunday after her daughter Ebony passed, after the funeral, she came here and still praised the Lord. It it was mind-boggling, but she was saying, God, I can't do this without you. And so even though I don't know what I'm going to do in the future, right now, I'm about to praise the Lord. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, but I'm about to praise the Lord. When my daddy died, it hurt, but I made up in my mind, I'm about to praise the Lord. Because praise will confuse the enemy. And worship really confuses the enemy. Because here's the thing, and and if you got... My book, you will see it, it's in the book, but but praise is based off what God does. How how funny would it be if I walked past Zanaria and I just said, thank you. She would look at me and she would say, for what? Because you don't think until somebody has done something. So the question is, what did I do? Because praise is reactive, but worship is proactive. See, praise is based off of what God has done, but worship is based off of who He is. So even if He hasn't done it, I'm not praising Him for what He done, I'm worshiping for who He is. So that really confuses the enemy because God ain't done nothing yet and they still worshiping. They still giving them glory. They still talking about hallelujah. They still saying God is good. All the time, and all the time, God is good. Where you're broke, God is good. Where you're sick, God is good. Where you're grieving, God is good. Where you're addicted, God is good. Where you're confused, God is good. I'm not praising Him for what He done, I'm praising Him for who He is. That's confusing to the enemy. So confusing, let's, let's, let's read these verses. I, I, I want you to read the first Four words of this next verse, and then I want you to stop.
1: At the very moment. Read it again. At the very moment. Read it again. At the very moment. All right, now now, now, now go further. They began to sing and give praise. Okay.
0: all right. When they sang and gave praise, the very moment they did it. Not later, but the very moment. They sang and yes. gave praises. See, sometimes because you don't see it, you don't think anything's happening. But the very moment they sang and gave praises, something began to happen. Now let's, let's read what
1: began to happen. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves.
0: Hold on, you mean the folk that was coming to fight me start fighting among themselves? How, how does that happen? I, I, just let me use my imagination on how that might have happened. They, they, they're, they're coming, thank you, Sister Trish. I'm going to do that. They're they coming with their spears. They're coming, and they're coming to get Israel. They're coming to tear them up, and somebody says, whoo, we about to kill them with no drama. And the person next to him said, what you say about my mama? I ain't say nothing about your mama, man. I said drama. No, you said something about my mama. You about to keep my mama's name out your mouth. Who you think you talking to? Next thing you know, they fighting amongst themselves. Let's, let's continue to read verse, verse 2023.
1: 20, the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir, and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other.
0: Remember, I said there was two armies with some other folk. So the two armies got mad with the other folk and killed the other folk. And somehow, when they got through killing the other folk, they got mad at each other and start killing each other. So, I don't know why that man said something about your mama. Me neither. Man, didn't nobody say nothing about you, mama. Yes, they did. Next thing you know, they all fighting again. All right, let's look at the the last verse, verse 24.
1: So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. (laughs) What?
0: When they got to where they was going, everything that was coming against them, was already dead. Already done, done, done. Ah, Already done. We ain't talking about medium well. We're talking about well done. It it was done. Point number seven, as we begin to round this thing, the hardest part of this battle is picking up the spoils because God is doing the rest. Let's look at verse Verses 25 and 26.
1: King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables. More than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. The hardest
0: job they had in this battle was picking up everything that was left behind. Took them three days to pick it up. I, I hope it takes you three days to look at your next check. I hope it's so big. You got to go to the bank three times to put it in. I, I hope the blessing is so, so beautiful. Your wedding is going to be three days. It's going to be uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's, it's going to be so good. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. But the hardest part is enjoying the the reward.
1: Verse 26. On the fourth day, they gathered in the valley of blessing. What? They gathered in the valley of blessing. Read. Which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the valley of blessing today. So the title of today's message is the valley of blessing.
0: But it says... The, the valley wasn't called the valley of blessing until they got there and it wasn't called till they got there and praised the lord but when they got there and praised the lord it turned where they were into a valley of blessing somebody said it's not bible but somebody said it this way when praises go up blessings come down i'm here to let you know because of the way you praise god the way you worship god the way you persevere you're creating a valley of blessing. Woo! Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord, indeed. Let everywhere I step be a valley of blessing. Because all I'm gonna do is pick up the spoils. Now, honestly, every battle's not like this. But listen, we done been through enough hell to have at least one, one battle, but we ain't got to do nothing. You ever work so hard you get home and say, I ain't doing nothing. I've been so tired from work. I sat in my easy chair and the remote was about three, four steps away. And there was nobody to call to come and give it to me. So I didn't even turn on the TV. I was too tired to even take four steps. I'm wore out. Well, listen, I'm so sick of the devil. I'm not lifting the finger. I'm not budging. I'm just going to stand still and praise the Lord. And guess what? It's going to turn this thing into a valley of blessing. All right. I, I, we're going to decree and declare this, and then this is going to help us get to our close. So I'm going to say it first, and then I'll have you decree and declare it. So here's what I'm going to say. God's doing it. He's doing what? He's leading me into the valley of blessing. Say that with me. Say, God's doing it. He's doing what? He's leading me into the valley of blessing. He's leading me into the valley of blessing. All right, let's look at 2 Chronicles 20, 27 and uh the, the next two verses we have on the screen because I skipped one, so we're gonna read those two and then we'll decree and declare one more time.
1: Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed.
0: Go back to 27.
1: Thank you. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies.
0: Overjoyed. Read that in the next verses.
1: When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel.
0: Who did it? The the Lord Lord himself.
1: All right. The fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace for his God had given him rest. On every side.
0: Here, we're going to dec- decree and declare this next one. God's, I'll, I'll read it first and then we'll do it like we did the last one. God's doing it. He's doing what? He's fighting for me and giving me rest on every side. Say that when we say, God's doing, God's doing it. He's doing what? He's, doing what? He's, fighting, for me He's fighting for me and giving me, and giving me rest, rest, rest on every side. Say it this way. He's fighting for us us. and giving us rest Rest. on every side. side. Stand to your feet and if you believe it, shout amen. 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 You can go ahead and repeat this too. Say, my next stop stop is is the valley of blessing. Let's bow our heads and let's begin to pray. Dear gracious heavenly Father God, I understand that we have come through many things and we've come in a challenging season, but you have yet been encouraging me to encourage the people that it won't always be like this. But God, I thank you that this time, this is a battle that doesn't belong to us, it belongs to you. You are fighting for us and it's our job to praise you, to worship you, to trust you, and we will end up in the valley of blessing. And we thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. We do appreciate you.